Hello, America. It has been quite some time. I know you are all probably surprised to see our little name pop up on your phone, Bitch, but guess here. what? We're back and better than ever. We've got Amanda, we've got Shane, we've got Sherry, and we are here to keep it messy for you as always. But honestly, so much has happened since we've been away. There are like a million freaking things we could talk about. But I know that you guys, we ended on a high note. We ended on the Cats trailer. I don't know if you guys How remember you that. Forget? What are you talking about? There's no way to forget. That was our season one finale. And guess what? Since that time. What? We've seen it. <laughs> oh, the final do cut. tell. Uh, Amanda, have you, have you gone yet? Not gone, but you haven't you haven't watched it, right? I'm not even going to lie to you. Okay. I have not watched it. Once it's available for me to watch for free, Amanda, I can then find I will it go ahead and free. It's okay. In fact, you know what? Eyes. I might buy it for you simply so that you can watch it. Sherry and I went and saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Shane, I think you can agree with me, but Cats the Movie is the equivalent of the coronavirus. It- Cats the Movie started the coronavirus and there's actually a conspiracy theory out there that the coronavirus was started by like Andrew Lloyd Webber in order to get cats back on Broadway because guess what apparently it's coming back that's what I heard brilliant (laughs) okay so give me a play-by-play what is it that you guys want me to see so badly like what what, you know whenever you're you're driving you know whenever you're going down the street you're like on the highway and there is like a really, really, really awful accident on the side of the road. You know what I'm talking about? Shame. And you drive past it. Do you look away from yes. it? You don't. You look at it. That's exactly no. what this movie is. I'm about to cause 100%. another accident. Guess what? Of- I've caused many accidents since I saw Cats. That's exactly what Cats is. Cats has ruined my entire life. Like I, uh, it's honestly, it's ruined my life. It's ruined entertainment. It's ruined everything for me. Ruined it? It was the honestly the pinnacle of my theater experience i will never have an experience like that ever again and i'm so thankful for cats for giving it to me sherry was living at that theater (laughs) and i was too all i know is that picture of idris elba you guys he's naked so this is that's like the worst part of the whole movie the worst and best thing because it's awful so idris elba comes out and he has his like trench coat and his hat and he's like you know like he's he's being a creep and he comes out but then all of a sudden in the number with taylor swift he like rips his clothes off and that's the first time you see like i guess well really all the cats have been for lack of a better word naked the whole movie but whenever (laughs) idris elba is naked his body is like this it's like this these short this short fur and it's slick and he's just naked and it's awful (laughs) like someone just licked him down there the problem with these i swear to god it was like matted hair i'm like did you just have sex idris before you put on this costume sherry first of all you saying licked him down (laughs) yeah but they left his package they left his package i wouldn't say that it's like a little lump like it looks like um an athlete's cup (laughs) 
And it's absolutely horrifying. It's the worst thing. Uh, however, it could have been worse. Sherry, did you hear about the butthole cut? I sent that to you. What do you mean? Did I hear about it? You sent it to me? I don't even. Yes. Okay, well, then you can explain it because that sounds like the most horrifying thing I've ever heard of in my life. This Cats, the movie, needs to be a study at Columbia University, NYU, <laughs> Tisch, for what never to do ever. Literally, before I get to the butthole cut, <laughs> which is as bad as what? one would think, okay, they had placeholders. There was this whole number where cockroaches were dancing, which oh, was horrifying. But God. it was more horrifying because they forgot to take out the CGI placeholders. <laughs> so you just see, <laughs> so they're just yellow and green. <laughs> they're just face. yellow and green. Like put a face here. <laughs> but it's terrifying because it's co- no. Are you kidding me? It's well, pure cockroaches in a Tom line. Hooper, Tom Hooper literally said at the premiere of Cats, they interviewed him about. It. He goes, "Yeah, I finished it yesterday morning." No, he Are actually said he was me? like, "Yeah, I finished this yesterday morning. We put the finishing touches on it yesterday morning." But then. Two weeks later, whenever it released in wide theaters, the same week in the Star Wars, I might add. Which was great. It released wide, and they decided all of a sudden they went, yikes, we need to change some visual effects. So they re-released it again a week later. So Sherry and I didn't even see the original cut of it, which was apparently even worse. It Honestly... I'm telling you the best theater experience ever because it got progressively worse. You could see that the animators got tired like halfway through the movie because it was a mess. In addition to that, they didn't have to do my girl, Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench and Sir Ian McKellen like that. They made them look. but, But Sherry, Ian McKellen was having the time of his life. But like, how did no. they even get them Ian to McKellen do it? Was doing, Sherry, Ian McKellen was doing well, Idris had to much. pay for that wedding. So I could see that. Sherry. Okay. <laughs> he did. Directly there after the release, he got married. I understand that. It was a destination wedding. Why did they do Dame Judy Dench and Sir Ian McKellen like that? What did because they do they to you? They must have been lied to. This, let me tell you, Dame Judy Dench was supposed to be like the showstopper cat. Like she was supposed to be the one giving money. The girl looked like, and I swear to God, oh no. from the Wizard of Oz, oh the no. lion. That was <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Cat. <laughs> yes. They put like a, a lion headpiece on her and put her in a brown paper bag. I'm not even <laughs> joking, you guys. I did not even watch the movie and I felt like I was there because... When I tell you, you two were so hype when the movie was over. I think you both called me separately, like from the car. Yes, I did. We actually said, start up the podcast right now because I said immediately. I said, we're doing something virtual because we have to start talk recording. about this immediately. Oh my God. <laughs> Who did they do the say. worst to, Shane? Jennifer Hudson. Shane? Jennifer Hudson, <laughs> they didn't have to do that Oscar winner like that. <laughs> Let me tell you what they did to Academy Award winner Jennifer Hudson. They chose to make Jennifer Hudson a whore cat. And Aegis Elba was her pimp. <gasps> it was a damn mess. Oh, hell so no. She literally is like slinking around in the corners and like you learn like, oh, she's a whore. And that's why all the other cats hate her. <laughs> Even though they're all inside having a, a, a goddamn orgy 
How is it that this is a movie about animals and you still find a way to make the fucking black lady a whore? Like, I don't understand how that happens. Rebel Wilson at one point unzipped her cat fur. To more cat fur. disgusting. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not even to be rude, but ew. That's so gross to me. There's no being rude. There's no being rude. The movie is rude to itself, its stars, and its audience. So... (laughs) All of it is just sad. I feel really bad for everyone involved. But I will say, the second that it's available for me to watch for free, I'll take a gander. I'll just make sure I have a really great oh, time. I'll find it for you. Don't I'll take worry. shots every time I see slick cats, junk, or any buttholes on the screen. You're gonna be drunk as hell. Yeah, you won't. You won't. You won't wake up. <laughs> Hopefully not <laughs> after that experience. Okay, so something that we really missed during all of this time is the award show circuit. I feel like so many award shows happened while we were gone. The Golden Globes happened, then we had the SAG Awards, then we had the Oscars, and we didn't talk about any of it. Well, I didn't see any of it. What's new? Sherry, we said that we were going to do better in season two. No, I did watch one with you. I went over to the Oscars. You did watch it. So, Oh, then I'm lying on myself. So honestly, I feel... Okay, with what happened and oh, everything um, that happened. Parasite uh, winning Best Picture and Best Director is insane. You're speaking my language because regardless of what happened at the Glo- Golden Globes, SAG Awards, whatever, even at the Oscars, I was mildly entertained, mildly invested. The only thing I really cared about though is that Parasite took home the gold, and they fucking did. And that to me was such a huge moment in cinema. That movie's fucking amazing. And I just feel like coming after the year that we literally sat on the couch and heard them say the winner of best picture the best picture winner is Green Book. Green and we Book. shut the TV <laughs> off for the following year for them to go Parasite was in they honestly had to because they got (laughs) fucking dragged for giving green book best picture i still haven't seen green book at this point i'm like so far beyond that type of storyline so like whatever mahershala if you're out there good for you boo boo but but honestly mahershala did some rough and shady stuff during that movie though and that's kind of a problem but you know what green book is going to be one of those movies it's going to be one of those best picture wins that just everybody forgets about that everybody goes oh yeah i forgot that one i forgot this movie existed is what people are going to say. Parasite is not one of those. Dude, Parasite, for those of you who have not seen Parasite yet, I think you can get it on Hulu and you can rent it. It's on. It's free on Hulu. Yeah. It's also you can rent it for like three. It's the fucking best movie, really, on Prime, on Prime, that I yeah. may have seen mm. ever. It has everything you could ever want in a movie. Half well, the first half of the movie, you think you're watching an entirely different film, and then all of a sudden, you get a fucking left hook to the jaw, and you're in a different, a whole entire different storyline. Like the movie is so, so great. Is it a thriller? It's everything, Sherry. It's absolutely everything. At yeah. once, I, I I think it I think it does the movie injustice to even try to put it into a genre, and that's like I think that says a lot too about foreign cinema in general. I think foreign cinema in general it often falls into this like American concept of like what genre things should be. Yeah, it like Parasite does not even fall into any of those. Like it's it honestly hits all of the the tick marks. Like it's funny. It's a thriller. It has elements of like even a horror movie yes. in it, but it's also like a family drama. It's, it's great. Clever. Is it like Jordan Peele's Us? Kind of, I guess you could, not Us. It's I would say of... maybe a Get Out situation because Get Out you had yeah. Will Rell, okay. so there was a lot of comedic 
influence there. Um, I don't know, but I agree with Shane. I think it's hard to put your finger on exactly what genre it is. All I can tell you is that it's fucking great. Isn't that what the director said during one of his acceptance speeches? He was like, Americans will never know how great film is until they dive into foreign film. He said like, I think he said like, whenever you get past turning on subtitles, you're open to yeah. like what film can be or something like that. Like obviously I'm go. bastardizing what he said, but it's like, it's a, that his acceptance speech it is, is brilliant. And he's so right. I'm not even going to pretend like I, an intellectual and someone who watches foreign film all the time, but I watched Parasite and was reading subtitles. And honestly, it was as if I spoke Korean. I will yeah. say too, it's one of the only movies that I've seen, not one of the only, but like as far as subtitles go, I, I don't have any problem watching movies with subtitles, but one thing that does bother me sometimes is watching subtitled movies and not being able to like watch the actors work. Yeah. Um, but I never, I don't know, like Parasite, watching Parasite, I never, there were even times that the acting is so good that you don't even need to read what the subtitles True. are. Like you can just kind of glance at them and then continue to watch the actor because you know what they're saying. Like it's, it's brilliant. Like it's so, so good. good. And I will say I've watched Parasite, I think four times now. And every single time I watch it, I'm, I leave with something far greater than I expected. It is such a great yeah. look at Korean life. It's such a great look at honestly masterful character acting. It's such a great look at directing and cinematography. Like, my God, it's just masterfully done. That's what I'm looking for. In a best and, and, and with that being said, out of all of the wins that I got and how happy I am with the wins that it did have, the one thing that I'm like, it was so robbed on this was best leading actor because the father, oh my God, poor father is amazing. The poor father geez. is outstanding. I'm sick over how good he is at acting. I'm sick over it. I'm like, have you guys seen Snowpiercer? Yes, I've seen Snowpiercer. <laughs> side, side subject. I mean, it's being it's being turned into a TV show next. I think it comes out this upcoming week, which I'm excited what? to see how it is. But yeah, no, you haven't seen that. It's on. I think it's on USA. I had no idea. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, no, they've turned into a TV series that stars um, Jennifer Connelly. Um, but it's. Uh, I love Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is like was one, was one of my favorite movies of the year that it came out and. One of my favorite supporting actress performances of all time is Tilda Swinton in that movie. I think it is honestly, hands down, the best supporting actress in history. And she wasn't even nominated for it. But regardless, Tilda Swinton's constantly robbed, though. So, I mean, how important are the Oscars, really? Speaking of the Oscars, if you didn't see it, Cynthia Erivo's performance. Oh. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> so Whoa. I almost started crying and she didn't even fucking move. It's brilliant. She doesn't move once. She just stands there the whole time. And that's where honestly, everybody's like, Oh yeah. Beyonce got like screwed out of getting um, like the best song nomination for spirit and Lion King and all that stuff. And my thing is, listen, y'all know, I love Beyonce. It's a good thing Beyonce was not nominated because if she had to go after Cynthia Erivo's performance. Oh, there was no ooh. way. There was no way. I mean, and you know, I love Beyonce too. Like literally Beyonce is like practically my religion at this point, but damn, Beyonce couldn't even do that shit. Cynthia Revo had me quaking. I was crying. I was on my knees. I was in prayer. I think we rewatched mm. it twice. 
I think so too. And there were mm-hmm. other people around us. And I distinctly <laughs> remember telling them to shut the fuck up. So <laughs> that is how compelling the performance I was, was. I was that person. It actually was you, <laughs> I bitch. Was you were me. eating fucking charcuterie and munching loud as fuck. Like, bitch. That you made. Okay. That you made. But Cynthia Arriba, But you don't eat it during that performance. Yes, she was bearing her soul. <laughs> the macarons could wait until after. The macarons. <laughs> macarons. The macarons. <laughs> a lot of things about Shane. I know you were super into 1917. What were mm-hmm. your thoughts on Oscar performance? Every so every year, I basically I, I make a list of like my top ten best pictures and my top ten favorite pictures. They don't always correspond. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. For like the number one slot mm-hmm. this year, they didn't. They didn't correspond. My number one best picture was parasite by far it was no question in my mind that was the best picture of the year my favorite picture of the year though was 1917 and i think for me it comes down to the fact that like i don't know i do have a bit of a soft spot i guess for genuinely good war movies and like technical filmmaking and not to say that, I mean, obviously Parasite has a ton of that, but for me, 1917, whenever I went and saw it, I actually went in and like went into the theater. I didn't even know that it was filmed to be a, like a one take film. So just the experience overall of seeing it in theaters for the first time and realizing 20 minutes in, like, Whoa, like this camera hasn't cut yet. So like, seeing like through the end of the movie like oh my god like they they filmed this as a like one take film i've never seen that format done in a war film before and to me like to take this very 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 small story from world war one that would otherwise just be forgotten like it's not it's nothing insanely like i don't even want to say heroic because it is an incredibly heroic story but it's not like saving private ryan and to take this story and to do it all in a one take over the course of like, I think it's like 12 hours and to just condense that into a one take film, watching that from beginning to end. Like I was there like every moment with the characters and I was so invested in it. And it's one of the first times I've seen a film that really took that element of time and made me by the end of it feel like I had been in there a lot longer than an hour and a half. Um, And the performances are great. And it's just so, I don't know. There's something really special to be said, I think, about war movies that don't focus on the war element of it. That War movies that focus on the characters and on the people and on the humanity of war and how awful it is and what that means for the characters that are involved in the story. And that is what 1917 is from beginning to end. It's not a war movie. It is a like very, very intense character drama and to me like i don't know just the the experience of having that like it just really resonated with me more than parasite did even though like parasite obviously like by far whenever i saw it i was like yeah best picture 100 that not only does it need to win because it it is just brilliant it also needs to win for the cultural implications of it like it's important for that movie to win the best picture this year totally but my favorite definitely went to um, 1917. God, I have to say, the way you describe that movie, I hope someone talks about something I make in that way one day. I mean, it's what? just brilliant. Like, it's just, 
it, what it's, a it's, love it's, story it's a, to filmmaking. I mean, wow. You better it, give us your exactly dissertation. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. And it, it, it's, it's the, like, for one, like, Deacon's, like, his cinematography, for one, has always been, like, by far my favorite. Like, he's just a master of cinematography. But his work in 1917 just, like, takes it to a whole nother level. And it's such a good example of, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I love the idea. Like, one of my favorite things about film is, as opposed to theater, is the really intense, like, collaborative element of it. Not to say that theater isn't collaborative, but film, having, you know, an editor, a cinematographer, a director, the actors, the, you know, gaffers. You've got, like, literally across the board, everybody doing their individual job. And, and it, the art can't exist without all of those people coming together coming together and working together to create one joint thing. And I feel like a lot of times, most movies, you can find spots in the movie where you're like, uh, you know, I can see that this is kind of where there might've been a disagreement of sorts. Like it's sometimes easy to like kind of point those things out, but there are certain movies that come along. And I do think Parasite falls into this category that like, don't like, you can't tell those moments, but 1917 does also Moonlight does like, I love movies like that where you can't tell that, this was a bunch of different people working on it, but you can see all the different perspectives and all the different like passions that went into it. And for me, like 1917 is a perfect example of all these people working together to create one like joint project and one just like piece of art. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I feel like for me, that's what I love so much about the arts in general, but specifically filmmaking And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that the two of you can kind of riff on this too, but having a theater background, we're kind of taught to respect theater as like the highest regard of like art. It's the highest art form, performance art at least. And for me, there's such an element of mastery that comes with filmmaking. And although I do love the theater and I agree that it is such a coveted art form for a reason, the idea of making film is such a foreign concept for so many people. Like taking an idea that is totally intangible in figuring out how you're going to execute said idea to me is almost borderline like prophetic. No, I think that there is also too, I think it's interesting though, like that is an interesting idea about like, why is it that theater is the one that's regarded as like the highest of art forms? And I think what it would probably come down to because I've thought about this before and listen, like as an actor, my preferred Avenue is theater. Like I love theater, but I love the live element of it. And I think that's kind of why it probably falls into that category of being like the highest of art forms, quote unquote, simply because it is live. There are things that you can't like, I guess in, in comparison to film where, you know, if a take goes bad as an actor, you just do another take. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let me just do it. Let me have a do-over. Yeah. Let me try it again. And you get the quote-unquote like perfect cut, even though it's never going to be actually perfect. You get the 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 cut that you're like, yes, this is what I'm happy with. This is what I want to release and to show people. But you don't get that in theater. Theater requires like another level of a different type of like mastery over the art of acting or directing or like a set design that comes with the live element that you know what you have to be able to do this on your feet you have to be able to do it night to night in front of different people and i think that there's something to be said about 
that side of like theater. But once again, to tie it back to 1917, there are sometimes movies that do capture that same sense that I get from theater that like, I, like whenever I saw 1917, I watched 1917 and I felt the same sense of like pride to be an actor, but also like as an audience member. And like, I was just so excited and happy and grateful to be able to witness that. And that's some, not something that I get from movies too often. Movies too often, I feel like I see them and I go, great. Like I can, I can watch those movies again anytime I want to. Um, unlike theater where, you know, you see a great performance one night, you might not be able to come back the next night and see that. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But I think what that comes down to is an artist making their performance transcend time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what makes a great film because you have to have all of the elements of theater and you have to peg it down into great cinematics and lighting and et cetera, et cetera, sound design. And that's, it's very hard. I don't think, uh, I think theater is regarded as the highest form simply because film has just caught up to theater. I think that's yeah. a I think that really great, yeah, I think that's a really point. great assessment, honestly. I think it's also difficult to, like, I think it also has to be acknowledged though, like regardless of like the art that goes into something, I think for people to call theater like the highest of all art forms, I do think there is inherently a part of that that comes back to the fact that theater is not near as accessible and things that aren't accessible naturally become like a high form of art. Like, Oh, you can't afford to go to the theater. Like, I hope you can afford to go see a a theater like show one day. Like, but bitch, you can sit at home and watch something. Absolutely. You can watch parasite. You can watch any, you can watch any classic black and white film on your TV for free. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, absolutely. I have a problem. People like say things like that. Now that we're actually talking about it, like it, it has nothing to do with something being like a high form of art. It's just a different form of art, but to call it um, like a high I wouldn't form, even call it that. I would call yeah, it a political, it's, yes. it's a political uh, stance. It is. Absolutely. I'm in the upper class. You're in the lower class beach. Okay. Well, one thing I did want to touch on is the fact that Renee Zellweger just out of nowhere slayed the award show season and um, I literally yeah. did not watch Judy until after the fact because I, I was see, like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, I mean, goes without saying, she's absolutely brilliant. But what a fucking comeback for an actress! Like, what on earth? That whole situation was so. I don't know. It was like vindicating for me, even though I haven't even like really popped in my career yet. Because it's like, damn! Imagine being a woman. You have this amazing career. Hollywood kind of tossed you to the side. Everyone's making fun of the fact that your face looks different, whatever the fuck. Although her face looks totally fucking different. She doesn't look the same. And then all of a sudden you're winning like SAG Awards, Golden Globes and Oscars. Like what on earth? So that's a great segue. I'm going to segue into Netflix because I thought Netflix was going to tank after Disney Plus. And they really, they pivoted. They pivoted quick. And I appreciate them for that. You know, they had... Tiger King, uh, all of these documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. They did a great job Mm -hmm. of making sure we had what we wanted to watch. And I didn't even know I wanted to watch any of that. I finished Netflix. Dude. 
during quarantine. Netflix honestly came with the fire. I don't know if they started coronavirus or what, but it's they finished it. I they finished you, it. Like mm. all people were talking about was Netflix series, shows, movies, etc. Like, damn. First, they came out with Love Is Blind, which I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. You guys know I love trash TV. I fucking ate that shit up every minute of oh, Love Is Blind. Girl, I ate it up. <laughs> I, every how do you not watch The Bachelor? Week. If you can watch Love is Blind. Honey, I watch all of it, boo. I watch it all. No, I know, Amanda, I know you watch it. I'm talking to Shane. Sherry, okay, I might not right now because, like, I don't. Shane, that's the original Love is Blind is The Bachelor. Sherry, Sherry every <laughs> single year in college, I would get, like, I would have wine nights where I would just get drunk and watch The Bachelor every single week. I just haven't watched it the last couple of years because I've gotten kind of sick of it. But fine. Love is blind, though. Like, listen, I'm not a stranger to The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise or whatever this new the, listen to your heart bullshit is that they're doing. Yeah, that but looks horrible. This, which, <laughs> not even I oh, That's that. a whole other topic. And I watched 90 Day mm, Fiance. Story. But no, I th- Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Let me tell you, I literally ate that shit up every single like week. I was hooked to my TV because my thing is like, listen. A bunch of people who are going to be stuck in a room with somebody that they're never going to see, like, until they propose to them. That idea just really, I was like, this is the perfect reality TV. It's absolutely ideal because you know what? It is a bunch of psychos. And I love that. Like, that is because, listen, I'm a psycho. I get it. But Jesus. No, I know that there's something. Quality TV. Okay, but can we talk about Tiger King for a second? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, <laughs> way back in the day, I was an early adopter of Joe Exotic because I talked on our podcast about a podcast I was listening to called Over My Dead, Over Body. Your dead Body. Yes. Mm-hmm. And season two of that so show good. is about Joe Exotic. Shane, I know you listened to it because we've talked about it. Oh, wow. Look oh, at yeah. you with your receipts. And any Yes, ma'am. Let me tell you, I was kind of pissed about it when everybody started getting obsessed with Tiger King. I was like, y'all, this has been old news. I was like, old this news, is but... old news. Carol Bin Baskin, yes. okay? Like, <laughs> leave her alone. Like, Carol Baskin has been, been out here. Did. Like, please. But I will say, there was a, a whole other element to seeing what these people fucking look like. I am appalled. Oh, my God. At, what is his name? John Finley? John the, the first yes. husband. Oh, the guy with no teeth. Yes. Loved, uh, he got teeth, y'all. Y'all, he got teeth. He looks so, He's ha- so he hot. He does look so hot. With please me. tell me you saw that. Oh, of course. Yes, please. His daughter. Like, he has a thing. baby. I know. And let me tell you, like, this is one thing that I do have a, a, I have some issues with the documentary as a whole anyways. But one of the things I really have a problem with is like, why didn't they show him after the fact? Like, he looks so good and he's so proud of himself and he's so proud of his like new teeth and he posted about it and he made this whole post like after Tiger King came on his and said like they didn't put this on the show but like I just want everybody to know like I got my teeth fixed <laughs> like, oh I saw that he's, he's so he's so pure like I love John Fenway but this man I have never seen you know how Parasite was everything in one Tiger King was that documentary that was everything in one for me. I laughed. I cried. I said, what the fuck is this? It was a thriller. I was scared for my life for a moment for watching it. It was everything. This is most definitely one of the best documentaries I think I will ever see. Next to Evil Genius, if you've seen Evil Genius on Netflix. Well, don't fuck with cats. That one scared me. 
Don't Fuck With Cats had me messed up for a long time. And I have very high anxiety. So I have a love-hate relationship with that. Amanda, you know my feelings on Don't Fuck With Cats. Because (laughs) let me tell you, body movement needs to back the fuck off of me with that. And that that last five seconds. Let me tell you, Don't Fuck With Cats is a great documentary until the last five seconds. Whenever she decided to look at me through the TV and say, are you responsible? And I said, Bitch, don't even no. try that after you spent like <laughs> fucking 48 hours looking up doorknobs. Do not look at me through the TV and tell me that I'm responsible for watching a documentary that you produced. Like, come on now. Like, ma'am. Vacuum cleaners, poopers. Get out of my face. I have no <laughs> life at all. And I was feeling Body sorry movement. for you. Don't try it. I was feeling sorry for you when I first started watching this. But now you get what you deserve, honey. You get what you deserve. You look I like a damn fish talk out to my of damn TV. shark tails. <gasps> not Shark Tale. <laughs> don't do Will Smith like that. Come on, like yeah. Shark Tale sucks. I will. I will go ahead and say it. Shark Tale. Oh, sucks. Shane, I'm gonna mute your. I'm gonna mute your microphone. This is not the time for blasphemy. <laughs> it's Shark Tale sucks. It's a. <laughs> the bitch muted him. She muted him. Like Andy okay. Cohen muted well, me. I can, I can unmute myself to say that. <laughs> fucking Shark Tale is a lesser version of Osmosis Jones. He came, first of all, Osmosis Jones was a great movie. You shut the fuck up. I, that was a great sure. movie. I said Shark Tale is a lesser version of it. Did you listen to what I said? No, it's you're too not busy a, worrying No, about I heard what, what you said. Jones. I disagreed with you. I disagreed with you. I love Shark Tales and I love Osmosis Jones. Um, well, if you love Shark Tales, I will so much, fight you. You, well, you, would get the, you would get the title of the movie correct. It's not Shark Tales. It's Shark Tale, honey. Don't come for that movie if you can't pronounce the title right. So, Shane, I'm going to drive to your house and fight you personally. Why are you coming for me like this? Because you're coming for me right you now. I will meet you 30 minutes. You came at me at a vulnerable state when I was fired up about body moving, and you. this is what you're getting for it. Sherry, Amanda's gone. <laughs> She's fired <laughs> <laughs> She is gone. <laughs> Shane, she's gone. Oh my god. If we're still recording, I just need everybody to know that we're recording this from separate locations over a software right now, and I hope that this stays in because what a great ending if this is the case. Whoa. It's probably your blasphemy from talking about shark tales. Okay, well, you know what? I think it is. I think it's the fact that fate is finally coming to terms and we now own Selati. So (laughs) Shane (laughs) Lati. <laughs> just oh, cross it out Shane Lottie hello Amanda hello. can you guys hear me yeah yeah girl where'd you go um I honestly have no idea but all of my worst fears are coming to reality because you guys just freaking kicked me off my own show it well, was it Shane, Shane he called it Shane Lottie there you go <laughs> You evil. He's so evil. (laughs) That's why he's a Slytherin. Honestly, (laughs) after what you said about Shark Tales, you deserve everything you're going to get in this world. See, he just came for me for saying Shark Tales. He said it's Shark Tale if you knew anything about the movie, to which I almost hopped in my Prius and drove to his house to kick his ass. Wait, so it's just one tail? I feel like there are it's multiple tails with tails. It's shark tail, you guys. Like, clearly shark you guys story. care about the movie. Well, friends, I think we can go ahead and wrap this up. It was a little kind of quick recap on 
all the things we missed while you were gone. But guess what? We will be back in full force. Your faves, Shane, Sherry, and yours truly giving you very messy stories about our own lives, but also talking about the unfortunate lives of the very, very, very wealthy motherfuckers of this country. And, you know, I will say our time apart, it was great to have some time to ourselves, but it's even better to be here with you all. So homework for everybody listening to this teaser, tell at least three people about Say La Tea. And if you generate enough of a buzz, maybe just maybe we'll come back for season two. How's that sound? Damn, that's like live or die. Ultimatum. (laughs) All right. Well, with that... I think we bid you all adieu, and hopefully we will talk with you soon. XOXO. Gossip gays. All right, well, peace and love. We will talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.